Awesome. All right, let's pray and let's, let's get into the word this morning. Father, we bless you and we honor you and we love you and we exalt you. And we declare that there is no God that is like you. We declare that all the days of our lives will live for you. We pledge allegiance to you as an army of sons and daughters, as a family of sons and daughters. We commit and we recommit our hearts to you afresh and anew today. We ask for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to be accentuated here in these few moments through the preaching of the word. Father, we pray that it wouldn't be the words of a man that are speaking, but that you would breathe upon these human words, that you would inspire them with unction, with fire, with passion, that you would inspire them with a breaker anointing that breaks through mindsets and paradigms, that shifts us out of cycles and patterns. Father, we pray that the kingdom of God will be advanced through the preaching and the instruction and the exhortation of the word. We ask for a, an increase of a prophetic anointing and an apostolic mantle, God, so that kingdom business could be done. And Father, we pray that the things that you've invited us into as a house, that we would not lose heart, but we would take heart and that we would lean in to the things that you wanna do here in this body and in this city and in this region. So let faith arise in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who are joining us today for the first time, I want to greet you. My name is Jay Duncan, and I have the great privilege of being the senior pastor of this church, Antioch Church. We are 20 years old. Uh, we just changed our name uh, a year and a half ago, and so we're old but new, and uh, we're old but young. And uh, at the end of the year, we had a prophetic word that came forth by the founding pastor and leader of this church, a man by the name of Dutch Sheets who said the first six months of 2015 are a very critical window to press in and pursue God like never before. And so we've been showing ourselves faithful to that calling. And uh, not too long after that, in the beginning of the year, in January, we got together as a body and uh, many of us fasted and prayed for 21 days. And we did that uh, out of a heart of pursuing God, out of a heart of obedience towards him, and something that we did this year that we've never done before is that during that time of fasting and prayer, we began asking God, Father, what are the things that you are inviting us into this year in 2015? Now, we recognize that some of the things that he revealed to us will be beyond this year. But what are the things that you are calling us into this year particularly? And so we had a number of people in the body through all the different ways that the body is segmented begin submitting those things that they felt like God had spoken to them for the house. And then we compiled them together and it created essentially a list of eight different themes or eight different topics of which we will be praying into and we'll be focusing our faith and harnessing our hearts into for this year. Let me read those to you. Number one, we feel like the Lord has said, this is a year of God encounters. I want to encounter you in a powerful, life-transforming way. How many of you would say that already in the past five and a half months that the Lord has given you some special encounters or some special surprises? Let me see. Awesome, awesome. Wow, be encouraged. That encourages me. There's more to come. Number two, that there would be a new dimension of worship that comes forth and that there will be new songs. There will be a new quality of worship. And I am believing that that is happening and it will happen in greater measure. Number three, that this would be a year of harvest, that we are to release our faith 
And we are to believe that from this house that there will be many that come into the kingdom, but not just in this house. We are praying that all over our city, we are praying that every church that professes Jesus would grow and expand with an increase of people that do not know God, that many family members would come in to the body. And the critical scripture there was in Acts 2, 37, that says, and the Lord added daily to their number. We are believing that the Lord will add daily to Colorado Springs, those who are being saved. Shout amen on that. Number four, and Pastor Dan spoke on this two weeks ago and just did a fantastic job there was a prophetic word that went forth that there would be a harvest of young people, a revival of young people. And that's something that the Lord has promised this house specifically for 15 to 20 years. I believe that we're gonna be a part, that we're, we're gonna have the privilege of participating in seeing scores of young people from children to junior high students, senior high, young adults, uh, I'm going to throw myself in that category, some mid to late 30s. You know what? Just keep pushing the envelope back. Mid 40s, early 50s, late 60s. Come on. We're, we're going to be a part of something powerful that God's doing in the earth in this hour. And I'm not going to be left out of it. I am contending for it. And you're not either. We are all believing that God's going to do something great. And we're, we're setting our faith in that direction. Number five that the Lord would give us assignments in the city. And uh, we are seeking God. Lord, show us what particular pocket of the city. Show us how you want us to be engaged. Many of us are serving the city individually. Many of us are serving the city through our partner ministries, Life Network or Mercy's Gate or Salvation Army or Ronald McDonald House. But I believe there are also some corporate expressions that the Lord is gonna give us to touch this city. And we're believing that that's coming forth. Uh, number seven, we believe God's going to give us a building, and uh, we're going to talk about that here in the weeks to come. Number, number uh, uh, that was actually number six. Number seven, we believe that the Lord is releasing a spirit of holy community in the house. And then finally, I'm going to preach on this today, that, uh, that this is a year where he is inviting us to believe him for healing and for miracles. So turn with me in your Bibles this morning, if you would, to the book of Psalms 103, Psalm 103. And I'm, I'm going to hit you hard with a number of scriptures this morning just to lay what I'm calling, very simply, fundamental truths of healing that we believe. These are some fundamental truths of healing that we believe. And as you turn there, let me read to you some of the things that you wrote and some of the things that you received from the Lord. Number one, there was a person who had a vision of a flower that was withered and it was dried up amongst a field of beautiful, full-grown flowers. And then suddenly that withered flower was restored. And it wasn't just restored to its full beauty, but it became the most beautiful flower in the field. And we felt like the Lord was saying that there are some here that in the natural, it looks impossible. That like that flower that is just dying and withered up and dried and on the brink of just being blown into the wind, that there's some impossible situations God's gonna breathe on and he's gonna elevate through his glory and his story. He's gonna elevate his activity in their lives to become some of the most beautiful in the field. Someone had a verse, it was Acts 19, verse 11 through 12. Let me read that to you. It says, and God was performing extraordinary miracles. Isn't that awesome? That's in your Bible. 
God was performing extraordinary miracles. Now, I don't know what miracles are ordinary. I mean, I think, I mean, I've, I don't know. I, I, that's kind of an oxymoron, whoever wrote that, you know, many thousands of years ago. But I think what he was trying to show us is that there, there is a dimension of the miraculous that is, it is even beyond what we would consider ordinary. It is an extraordinary, it is ridiculous I mean, let's, let me just read this. Uh, extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. And that's very interesting that the miraculous is gonna happen, beloved, through your hands. It's gonna happen through your hands. It's gonna happen through your life. Believe that the same Jesus who commissioned his disciples and said, you will lay, say it with me, hands. Say my hands. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Not maybe, not hopefully, not expectingly, they will recover. I am believing that you will lay hands, that I will lay hands, that we will lay hands on the sick and that the promises of God will come to full measure and they'll be made manifest in our lives and the sick shall be recovered to the glory of Jesus' name. And it says right here, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them. That's extraordinary. That is extraordinary. And whatever negative, I don't even know where I'm going here, but whatever negative conceptions that you've got from any Christian programs that you've watched, just squash all that and believe that the act of faith, there is virtue of healing that is resident in the Christ that is within you. Did you hear what I just said? In the scriptures, and if we got time, we'll go there. In the scriptures, there was a woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter five. And the scripture says that when Jesus was being pressed about through the crowd, this woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through and she touched just the hem of his garment. So she didn't even touch his physical man. She just touched the clothes that was on his body. And as she reached out in that spirit of faith and she touched the edge, just, just the tip she didn't even get into the full recesses of who he was. She just got a thread of something that was hanging off on his body. And it says that something that the doctors could not fix for 12 years was immediately restored. Come on, sons and daughters of God. That, that's you, that's you. And watch this. I felt the Lord just revealed this this morning, that the same virtue inherent within the Son of God as sons and daughters of God, that that same virtue, not to the same measure because we're not the Christ, but there is a virtue of healing that is resident within us as children of the most high God that you can release into atmospheres and you can release into people's bodies. And I'm just saying today, take heart and do not give up. We are going to see people healed in the name of Jesus. Here's another word that came from you for us, marriages and families being healed. So not just physical bodies, but we are believing and contending that there will be relationships that will be healed, that people's soul will be healed, that abuses that have happened, that neglect and abandonment that have taken place will be healed on a heart level. Listen to this, this will be a house of healing and that people will come in sick in their soul and in their body and they will leave well. Shout amen to that. Lord, we just agree that this will be a safe haven for people to get well in every area of their lives. I don't just read that, I declare that today in the name of Jesus and that there will be manifestations of God's presence and power. But this was very interesting. It said, be prepared for the consequences because people may leave. 
There will be manifestations of God's power, but just be prepared for the consequences. And I'm just here to say that whatever it takes for us to have the manifestation of God's kingdom to break through that plane that divides the spirit and the earth realm, we want, we must have, it is critical that we have that power of God released into the earth and it will be extraordinary. We may not be able to understand it. People may not be able to reason it. They may not like it. But listen, for the person who's holed up in their house with ALS, I think that they would much rather have the healing power of God come than religious people sitting in chairs that don't want it. All right, I better get on to the word before I get myself in trouble. Uh-oh. All right, here we go. Psalm 103. Number one, God is a healing God. Can you say that with me? Say, God is a healing God. Psalm 103, verses one through three says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all of your iniquities and heals all your diseases. What I love about the scripture, particularly as it relates to healing, as more often than not, when you read scriptures on healing, you'll find words like every and all. And we're gonna just keep looking at these scriptures. And when I see this, there's something that provokes me. What provokes me is that there is no sickness that gets the right to be elevated above the power of God. When God says that he heals all of our diseases, there is no sickness that retains the privilege of saying, I get to defy your power and your ability because he heals all of our diseases. Every sickness must bow its name to Jesus. And if it does not bow its knee on this physical planet, friends, let me tell you, it will bow. Sickness does not win. Sickness does not win. And I don't know what your story is and those that you've been connected with and the struggling and the suffering that you've walked through, but here's what I do know, that Christ, the hope of glory who lives inside of you says that sickness does not get the last word. ALS and cancer and Alzheimer's and AIDS and all of those things that afflict your physical body, they do not get the last word. Jesus wins. He is more powerful than every sickness and disease on the planet. In Jesus' name, all of your diseases. The book of Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. This is God speaking to Moses and he says, I will give you earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, if, if you will, and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. He has revealed his name to us as healer. Many names that he's revealed throughout the scriptures and one of the names that he has chosen to reveal to us is I am the God who not only wants to heal, but I am the God who can heal. It's who he is, beloved. It's his very nature. It's the essence of who he is. Your name reveals your identity. Your name reveals your destiny. Your name reveals your capacity. Your name reveals your potential. And when God gave us his name as healer, he was saying, you can take my name to the bank. You can cash in on my name. You can trust in 
my name, I am a healer. I am the God who heals you of all your diseases. Now listen, I recognize that some of this gets a little controversial and some of this gets a little muddy because this is one of those things that's extremely tangible. It's extremely tangible. You know whether or not you've been healed. You know if you've been injured. You know if you've been afflicted with a disease. You know if you've been healed or not. If, it's, if, it's, if someone prayed for you and you're still experiencing it. And it becomes one of those things, I believe, that throughout history, throughout Christian history, what we've done is we have taken truth and we have pulled it down to the level of our experience. And so then you get people who have believed for healing and didn't get healed and then in their rational mind begin to justify and they begin to reason out and they begin to create doctrines of devils that say something like, well, God's healing left with the apostles or cessationist theology that says God doesn't heal today. Or you get preachers that kind of shy away from healing and they get, they get bracketed off into another group of, of preachers that can get very, very easily dismissed because of extremes. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that in the scriptures, God is very clear. Sickness is not from God. Disease is not from God. It comes from an enemy. And it comes as a result of the fall. It comes as a result of the sin virus that we let loose into the earth realm. But God says, I am a God who heals. And let's keep moving here. Point number two is Jesus paid the price for our healing. Jesus paid the price for your healing. And so I know that there's a lot of arguments and a lot of thoughts that come, and I think they still stem from a little bit of a religious and orphan mentality that goes a little something like, well, if I don't pray enough, and if I don't read enough, and if I don't worship hard enough, and maybe if I didn't tithe, then sickness will come on my body. Beloved, I want you to know that in the same manner that you did not work for your salvation, you cannot work for your healing. You cannot earn the healing power of God. You can only receive it. And we're going to look at some scriptures here where we find that God actually includes, he combines, and I feel like this is so strategic on his part, that he combines healing with salvation. Because he wants us to understand that the same way that we receive salvation as a free gift, we receive the healing power of God. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. And I know that for many of you, a lot of these scriptures and points are very much review. I understand that, but I, I just want to establish the fundamental beliefs that we adhere to as Antioch Church. Jesus paid the price for our healing. Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men. He was a man of sorrows. This is, this is speaking of Jesus, the son of God. And he was acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. I wanna just pause right here because those words in the Hebrew are very important for us to understand. The word griefs, in the Hebrew is the word sickness and disease. So when I read that again, and where we see griefs, I want us to put in sickness and disease. And the word sorrow is the word for pain, both physical pain and mental pain. So let's read this again. Surely 
Our sickness and disease he himself bore and our physical and mental pain he carried away from us. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and the chastening of our well-being fell upon him and by his scourging, we are healed. I wanna ask you a question today. We understand that Jesus died for our sins. How many of you guys believe that today? And how many of you believe that by the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our sacrificial substitute and lamb of God, by his death, he purchased for us entrance back into the family of God. And just like we recognize today in communion, he removed the effects of sin and he removed the spirit and the root of sin from us by his death and his resurrection. Can we all agree on that? Now, if it were only for salvation that Jesus died, then why did he endure the beating of his physical body? Surely if it was just the death that would have satisfied the justice of God, then his death could have been swift if it was only for a death that that he needed to spill his spotless, sinless blood. Is this making sense to you? So then why why was it necessary for him to endure the beatings Why was it necessary for him to endure the cat of nine tails that ripped the flesh out of his back? Why was it necessary for him to endure the crown of thorns that pierced his head? Why was it necessary for him to endure that? Because every one of those physical afflictions was him literally taking upon himself your sickness and your pain and your disease. So we could essentially say that your sickness died with Christ on that cross because he became that sickness vicariously taking upon himself as a substitute. He took upon himself your sickness and he put it to death on that cross. Jesus paid the price. First Peter 2, 24 says it like this. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, you were healed. Not you are. I want you to look at the tense of that word. You were healed. You were healed. In other words, your healing was set in motion on a cross. At that moment, your healing was already paid for. It was already purchased. I remember years ago, my my dad had purchased something for me as a gift. And all I had to do was go to the store and pick it up. And due to life and busyness, and maybe just a little bit of procrastination on my part, um, I ended up not getting to that store for, for a few weeks after my birthday. And I went into the store and I said, hi, my name's Jay Duncan. Uh, my father's overseas. Uh, he called into the store and he purchased this gift. And they said, we were wondering if you were gonna come pick this up because it's been so long. And right there, it was already written. The receipt was on top of that gift. My name was written on that gift. All I had to do was go and pick it up because it was already purchased. The gift was already purchased. Number three, God still heals today. I'm not gonna spend too much time on that. 
I'm just going to announce that to every demon in the spirit realm. I'm going to announce that to every spirit of unbelief and every spirit of doubt and every spirit of fear that wants to come against your mind. I just want to apostolically decree this day by a spirit of faith and by a spirit of authority and victory, God still heals today. The word of God says, so will the word, my word, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me void. God said, I am the God who heals you and he is the God who does not lie. It is impossible for him to lie. Number four, God heals in many ways. We believe that God heals in many ways. And if you ask me a very straightforward question about healing, you might get a lot of answers. Because as we look and study the scriptures, very rarely did Jesus heal the same way. Sometimes he spoke it. Sometimes he would go and he would lay hands on someone. Sometimes he would spit in their eyes. Sometimes he would send them to a pool. Sometimes he would rebuke them or he would call them out. Sometimes he would heal, he would forgive their sins first. So let me just, I don't have time to really pull this out like I want to. Maybe I should just stop right here. Maybe, maybe I'll just stop here. Yeah, here we go. One, two. All right, we'll just stop right there. Let's pray. All right, come on. Um, if you are here today and you are contending, and Michelle, where's my sweet girl, Michelle? You're, you're the man. You're my sweet, my sweet guy, Joe. All right. Doesn't quite, my, my man, my man, my man of God, Joe. My mighty, faithful warrior. Give, give, me, give, me, give me a little healing anointing in that guitar there. Mmm. All right, if you are contending for healing in your body, stand up and stand up in faith and stand up in expectation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that God can even restore organs that have been diminished by disease. I believe that God can open up deaf ears. We believe, Jesus, that you are the full representation and you're the full manifestation of God. And that when we see you, we see the character and the nature of the Father. And everything that you did, Jesus, you healed. You, you came near. You, you identified with the afflicted. You hated sickness. And we hate sickness. With a righteous anger, we execute judgment. We execute judgment. We release the judgment of the cross. I'm just sensing something on this today. I just need to get in your spirit, man. There is a judgment there is a judgment that God has released on sickness that we can come into partnership with. And this day we release that judgment against sickness and against disease and against affliction and against pain. Now friends, I want you guys to just rally around, rally around your family members right now. We're gonna take a few minutes. We're gonna pray for the sick. We're gonna believe that, that faith comes by the hearing of the word of God. We're gonna believe that with a mustard seed of faith that every mountain of sickness will be uprooted and cast into the sea. We're gonna believe that in the same way that Jesus rebuked the fig tree and it withered up at the roots, we speak to every disease and we say, you wither up, you wither up and you die. Every cell that has been afflicted with disease, we rebuke disease, we rebuke affliction, we rebuke sickness. We cast out the spirit of infirmity and the spirit of death. We, ex we, we expel you today 
every spirit, every demonic spirit of infirmity and disease and affliction, we say you must leave these temples now in the name of Jesus. We command you to flee. We command you to leave these bodies. Father, we pray that in the same way that you were moved with compassion over the sick, that you would be moved with compassion today and that you would heal, heal the physical man. Heal the physical man. Father, today we cash in. We cash in on the promises of God. Father, today we put our full stock and our full faith in your name. We put our full stock in your power and in your ability. We make a demand by faith on the virtue that resides within you that now resides in us. And I pray that the same healing power of God would work its way out of us from the inside out. For the healer dwells within you. And we say today, let healing be made manifest from the inside out. Father, we speak now to ALS and we speak to cancer and dementia. We speak to arthritis. We speak to kidney disease and kidney failure. We speak to meningitis. We speak, God, to uh, every ailment that afflicts our body and prohibits us from walking in our destiny. And we say you be healed in the authority of Jesus. Be healed in the authority of Jesus' name. Be healed in the authority of Jesus' name. We announce the name of Jesus upon you and over you. Let faith arise today, God. We're just gonna just sit under the presence of the Lord.